I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Oh, yeah. And I love this movie. <laughs> I love it. It's a classic. It's a classic. You picked a, a blockbuster. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yes. It's directed by somebody named Spielberg. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then some guy named George Lucas is also involved. I was so surprised when I saw that when they were saying George Lucas and Steven Spielberg made this, and I went, George Lucas, and <laughs> he had the original idea for a story, and yeah, wrote it with yeah. somebody else. And I went, Oh, okay. yeah, I read that. Um, he, he came up with the story, and then he said he had three stories. And anybody that we sign on to do this, including the director, let's do three. And um, he didn't have the other two stories. <laughs> Ah. Spielberg said that in the second movie. He said, "Yeah, he said he had those, but but we he didn't he didn't have them." Well, I was seeing they got Lawrence Kasdan Kasdan to write it, and he man he had a string of great movies that he wrote. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Um, well, for one thing, something that was formational for a lot of people, not really for me though. I did like it. Was the Big Chill. Mm, yeah, but he also did Body mm-hmm. Heat, The Empire Strikes Back, Silverado, which was a personal favorite of ours. Nice. Mm-hmm. So he just, you know, he was a story writing machine for a while, and um, he had a bunch of other stuff that they had to cut out, and some of that stuff made its way into the Temple of Doom. Oh, cool! The second movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so I guess Lucas. I don't know. It must have been Lucas and Spielberg together. I, I don't know for sure, but. One of them, or both of them, and maybe you know, they wanted to do this homage to these old movies. Mm-hmm. And it was, they came up with a bunch of set pieces, they said. And Kasdan wrote a screenplay with the set pieces in it. No, it wasn't. It was George Lucas and someone else. Um, hold on. Philip a Kaufman. That's it. Yeah. And he wanted Philip Kaufman to direct it, but he couldn't because of something else. When I looked at the other movies he directed, I was like, Spielbergo was a good choice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) A tidbit that I thought was really interesting that I came across today was that Spielberg was coming off of um, like 1941. And Jaws, Jaws cost like two and a half times what was expected. And 1941 went way over. Um, so he was determined to do a movie in time and on budget. <laughs> and he said, he told, he told George Lucas, he said, I'll, I'll do this, but it's really important for me. I need to prove that I can do something on time. And, uh, he said, you know, we're not going to make sure someone's hair is in the right spot. We're just going to blaze through this thing. And, uh, look what came out of that. So did he come in on time and on budget? Actually, I don't even know. I don't even oh. know. Um, wow. yeah, I wouldn't know. To, I don't know how to look that up, but it was in a, it was in, in an interview that I heard. Oh, it was okay. actually him that said it. So, and then they got um, Harrison Ford who, um, was interested in the story idea. Yeah. And he of course was quite good at it. Yeah. And it's famous. A famous fact is that it was almost Magnum PI. Um, oh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah, because Tom Selleck. In fact, it was going to be him, but he was 
basically he did this show called Magnum PI, right? Yes. And if the network picked it up, he was obligated to go do that. And the network did pick it up, so he wasn't he wasn't he couldn't do it. He couldn't do this. And so, it was a great TV show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it this would have been you know, different. Story. This would have been different. Um, yeah. But uh, I think they got the right guy. Oh yeah, it would have been more like if somebody like Brendan Fraser had done it. I feel like mm. if Tom Selleck had done it. Yeah. Which yeah. I like the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It works yeah. totally, but it's not this. Like you say, it's not. It's kind of that deadpan, occasional humor, but it's just tongue in cheek. Um, and not playing it as humor. I mean, it's just so well done. And that first 10 minutes is iconic in movie history. Oh anyway. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was wee when I saw this, um, would have been 12 or something, 12, 13. Um, but it was, <clears throat> it was awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie over the years. It's probably been at least six or seven. And, yeah, and I, and it again. I was in Houston as a young woman, maybe two years out of college. So what, twenty-two, something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And a guy I was seeing, and I, he said, "I've heard of this movie," and I went, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and we went, and we just came out just stunned. It was so good. Oh, and that's cool. I've seen this um, commentary where people will say, "Well, you know." all these other kinds of movies and everything was so cynical and that is very true Mm. and the fact that this is a throwback to the old exciting reels and everything but i think also there's just even without being a pushback against anything else people just like a good adventure story Mm. where the good guys are easy to identify Mm. and they win yeah i mean this is star wars this is um Gosh, there's something else I was thinking of. But even like the Mission Impossible movies, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, right. We're, we're allowed to just like it without it being pushing back against stuff. Right. And and nothing deep. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah I, like you said, just an adventure story. And there's something special about that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, those, so, first, those first 10 minutes being iconic is great. You know, it's, it's one of the best character introductions i can imagine um you know we, yeah. we first see him in silhouette you know um mm-hmm. you know here it is you know the first moments of this movie and you see him in silhouette in the later the movies and it's like hooray that's indiana jones you know but in this first one um you know it was just like yeah this is him yeah the um, hat the yeah. whip the all the stuff leather jacket in the jungle just so cool <laughs> right Figuring out the puzzles as he went, you know, all he knew everything. But it also sets up the dynamic that's going to happen over and over through the whole movie. He's gotten there. He's solved it. He's gone through all the danger. And then someone else shows up and takes things away from him. Right. Belloc. Yes. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I think one of the things that we see right then, I mean, in the in that first 10-minute scene is you see a guy and there's a confidence there and a swagger and then it's kind of like he fails, you know, um, just you know, like when he takes the, you know, he's so sure, you know, he's got this bag of sand and he puts it in place of the statue and he's like, it worked, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It worked mm-hmm. and it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And um, so you're, you, I think that's one of the things about this character is he fails all the time. 
well, he does little things that mess oh, yeah. up things. <laughs> well, and, and of I course like that, that you him. can't predict. Yeah. But but you're right. He's um, kind of like an Old Testament hero in that way. Could be. Yeah, that's like nice. Watching yeah. people who either all these things are happening to them and they're having to come back and come back and come back and yeah. come back, or they're trying stuff and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But um, but they keep trying. Yep. Yep, he does. And, but what I was thinking, too, about these first 10 minutes and having setting the pattern of somebody else shows up and, and takes it away, whether it's the Nazis or Belloc or somebody else, he's got kind of a, for somebody as cynical as he is, he has kind of a purity also. I he never so. seems to mm-hmm. expect that they're going to do that. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm so focused on what I'm doing and solving this puzzle and getting out of this dangerous situation. I don't, I'm not also looking all around me for who's going to come in and ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. He's just focused on what he's doing in that really kind of a, maybe adventurer scientific way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that quality. It's just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he he gets hurt during the show and limps a little, you know, but he always shakes it off, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like life. Just keep going, man. Keep trying. <laughs> I, I just yeah. I hate snakes. It's he's not yeah. perfect. He's just not. And uh it's 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 great, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is such an old movie, but I guess do we still need to do just a yeah, very maybe, brief Yeah, maybe outline? we should. It's actually not going to take long to do that. You know? No, it's very simple. Right. So, yeah, this 10 minutes that we're talking about, we see Indiana Jones going uh, through this temple in the jungle, going after an artifact. And uh, we learn that he's a, an archaeologist who's got an enemy <laughs> named Belloc, and uh, they seem to be fighting over relics that they find in the world. And then in the very next scene, we see Indiana Jones back at school, back at where he's teaching, and he's approached by some people from the United States government about some things that Hitler is after. And of course, Indiana Jones knows all about it, and he's like, Yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. And it turns out that uh, the Nazis are going after the Ark of the Covenant. So he gets roped into um, finding that and goes all over the world, basically, you know, all the way around the world. Um, Meets his old girlfriend who's got a relic that he needs in order to do this, Mm. find this thing and um, ends up in Egypt. Yep, go ahead. Tough as nails. Oh, she's yeah. tough as nails. She's terrific. Yeah. Karen um, Allen. Yeah. They couldn't have done better there either. She's great. Right. Perfect choice. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, then the, the rest of the movie is him uh, trying to locate the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis find it. Yeah. And that's the synopsis, really, if we don't go further into spoiler territory, but... Um, right. If you haven't seen this movie, please go see it. <laughs> this well, was uh, yeah. oh, no, it was it was the highest grossing movie in '81. I believe it. Yep. Yeah. You know what I found out too that I didn't know before is that it was nominated for Best Picture. I I, know. I had forgotten I that. that. Was, mm-hmm. I wish it had won. Yeah, you know that what won that year? I looked it up. What? Uh, Chariots of Fire. Oh, fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you okay. know what, what bummed me out too is not only did Chariots of Fire win Best Picture over this, mm-hmm. but the incredible score of Raiders of the Lost Ark, incredible, also got beat by Chariots of Fire. What? Yeah, they did. Vangelis or whoever it is. <laughs> I know. No. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it says, yeah, Chariots of Fire, Vangelis is the winner. Well, it's a fine movie and everything, but <laughs> ugh, yep. it's got a good message and it's mm-hmm. real and everything. But wow, this is a better movie. I mean, just as a movie, as an exciting movie, as a fun movie to watch. I mean, the other movies got a lot of stuff and yeah. God and all that. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> but it's you know, just I do, I do. Very different. Yeah. But you know the the Oscars are always they always go for the serious movie not every single time but so consistently. Here's the serious movie, the big message movie, all this stuff because you know they want to feel important too. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of interesting that this got nominated. Yeah, that I I was like really they really got nominated. So I had to see who was up against. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. So super good. But yeah, but that's that's a movie and yeah, it's just full of chases and um, very cool, uh, I guess you just call them set pieces. I said set pieces earlier, but it's like these situations that Indiana Jones gets into to try to yeah. find that Ark of the Covenant, you know, and we're we're doing it against the bad guys. We're trying to yeah. beat them. And in that sense, it is like the 1930s serials at the movies that... They were George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and Philip Kaufman, is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of is, you know, the old big adventure stuff. Nobody cared if Flash Gordon had a deep message. Right. Nobody cared mm-hmm. about all this other stuff. They just wanted to see a fun adventure. And in that sense also, I have mentioned before, I love these mysteries and thrillers from the late 1800s and early 1900s. Mm. Also, I like early science fiction in that same way, or, you know, yeah. it's, it's from a later time period. But it's the same thing. They're telling a great story. If there's anything else going on, it needs it to, to keep the story going. But that's not the point. Yeah. You know? yeah. They're not trying to convey some message, you know, through yeah. it. It's just like, uh, this is fun. Let's go have a good time. You know. Right. King Solomon's Minds isn't mm-hmm. about, you know, something deeper that we should all go home with. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a big adventure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if we move into spoiler territory a little bit, um, I really did, again, I mean, just, just the character of uh, what Harrison Ford did here, I thought was pretty special, in my opinion. I, I just think that he's... Uh, he was perfect. I can't imagine Tom Selleck doing it. You know, <laughs> it had been a different. No. It would have been a different movie. Um, yeah. Maybe it would have been a good movie, but it would have been a it different. It wouldn't have been iconic. I yeah, think. yeah. But I just really like. Um, I like that. You know, for, first of all, you know, he's in the jungle, and we see him do that thing. We see him sprint through the tunnel with the the rolling boulder and all that stuff, and then we see him get away from all those people chasing him with spears. And uh, then the next scene, we see him in a classroom where he's wearing this tweed jacket and mm-hmm. kind of looking out of place. And I always liked that he always looked frumpy. You know, he always, he he was never all way put together. It never felt like um, he was just kind of a mess. 
And I thought it was interesting, one of the things that I noticed watching it this time is that Belloc was always wearing white, and he was always, like, well-dressed and groomed, no matter what was going on. He was um, French, so, you yeah. know, he had a certain style to maintain. Right. And I thought that that was just an interesting contrast. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the good guys were white, but he was wearing white, and he was a bad guy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he was always put together, and uh, our it's hero funny. was just a mess all the time. I looked at that, and I said, this is so perfect. He is the French guy. He's a little fancy, mm-hmm. a little dressed up. Here's the American guy, kind of frumpy, too casual, um, just going to run in there and do it. I just thought that was a funny play on those stereotypes. I really do, too. Yeah. Those times, yeah, right? It's just fun. Super fun. Yeah, and Belloc, you know, Frenchman, and he's um, working for Hitler, trying to find these artifacts. And uh, and that's true, isn't it? I mean, not not the, occult. the movie, but uh, Hitler was into that stuff, I believe. Yes. And he, he, he liked was, to collect art, too, right? He was, he was pulling art from wherever. They all were. Yeah. But he also was, in fact, there's a movie called The Train. The Train. That has okay. Burt Lancaster in it. It's from... The 1950s, I think, super good Cool I'm about that, that whole down. thing about a German uh, officer trying to get a train load of art out of Paris and into Germany before the Allies get there because they know they're losing. Hmm. And Burt Lancaster in a bring your own accent adventure <laughs> is a French uh, official with a, at the train station. Hmm. who's been talked into trying to stop him by the resistance. Gotcha. So it's really, it's sometime we could look at it because it's really good. But anyway, so it's, so they were into that. But also what I think is really interesting about this that I didn't realize until I was watching this movie, World War II hasn't started. Right. Hitler's being aggressive, but it's 1936. Mm-hmm. So for the... U.S. government to come to Indiana Jones and go, we can't let him get his hands on that. (laughs) They're kind of mixing and mashing what we know about Hitler and the Nazis. And by putting it in 1936, you don't have to worry about the war going on around everything. Yeah, I can't remember what year he went into Poland, but I know there there was a period of time there where Hitler started being aggressive and surely the whole world was worried about him. You know, what is he going to do next? You know, yeah, but we I don't think, want this guy to be the yeah. in charge. Oh, that was the Nazi. The Olympics were in 1936. Okay, mm-hmm. when they were hosted in Berlin. Yeah, and let's see, they were occupying the Rhineland. Mm-hmm. But of course, um, yeah, I just don't imagine that everyone was comfortable with that. I mean, right? Yeah, but I it, no, he, he was on the move, obviously, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it got later. Right, absolutely. So, anyway, it's just, just like I said, it's kind of a mixing and mashing. We all know the Nazis are the bad guys. They're always the bad guys. But they, in the movie, don't have to worry about uh, demilitarized zones or mm-hmm. getting into places and the, there's fighting going on. The, the whole world is open and free and mysterious. Yeah, yeah. And that's something we haven't experienced for a long time either. I can't imagine what it was like. And not specifically in this movie, but think of going to those temples in the jungle or, you know, they're in Africa. I mean, I'm sorry, they're in Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, digging in the sand dunes, finding these buried cities and this island that they take uh, the ark to eventually. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it takes you also back to that time when nobody knew everything that was out there. What would it be like to do that? Yeah, it's right. An element of the unknown that we don't have anymore. Yeah. We don't, uh, yeah, I guess there's not much of it left. I, I still like to think there's a little bit left. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you're right. There's just not that much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Antarctica is couldn't... still, we, we don't know what that is under the ice. Yeah, Can't I don't wait. care. <laughs> <laughs> I care. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be Did awesome. It's, it's, let me tell you, it's a full civilization. <laughs> okay. And uh, there's a hole, and you go in it, and you're inside the oh. earth. And, oh. Uh, yeah. Well, Edgar that's Rice different. Burroughs wrote a textbook about that, I think. Oh, that, let me just tell you. <laughs> I love Lost World books. Oh, yeah. The Edgar Rice Burroughs one, but the one that's really good, too, is the Jules Verne one, Journey to the Center of oh, the Earth. yes. Very cool. Yep. Uh, amazing. <laughs> good stuff. more good to stuff. talk about than Lost Civilizations <laughs> and dinosaurs that are still around. That's right. They're still around. They're still happy. But, but that's all in this genre. Yeah, right? absolutely it is. It's the adventure. It's yeah. what's there. It's going to see it for the sake of discovering what knowledge can we find? Yeah, yeah. Adventure and, and yeah. treasure can we find? Right. All that stuff. And I, I particularly like this, um, you know, cr- well, this is a Jewish artifact, right? But still Christian, you know, I was going to say Christian artifacts. I and mean, movies that kind of use that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, like, I love Hellboy. The, the Del Toro movies. Both I remember. The, yeah, I really, really enjoy those movies. But that's what it is. It's like, um, you know, there's all kinds of Christian imagery and Christian um, artifacts and, you know, holy water. All that kind of stuff is in that movie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just I just love it. And, and this one, you know, we got the Ark of the Covenant, for heaven's sakes, you know, so, um, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, you, you showed me um, or you pointed me to a podcast that coincidentally, very recently, Stephen mm-hmm. Gradenis was on Catholic Answers, and he talked, gosh, 20 minutes probably about The Raiders of the Lost Ark and its sequels. Surprisingly. And I it was fascinating. I mean, it was, it was just terrific. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's the one who pointed out something. I was like, what a dummy I am. <laughs> it's like, the Ark of the Covenant, see, that's a big deal. That's the power of God. And I went, oh, it yeah. is. It's not just an amazing <laughs> artifact. <laughs> watching at this time going Mm -hmm. oh yeah the ark of the covenant has its own thing going on so when it's in the crate on the the submarine or the boat or whatever it's burning off the nazi uh image on the outside it's like i'm having none of that (laughs) right right. no thank you (laughs) and um Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that the nazis are viewing it just as a source of power they're not thinking about what it really means, which, of course, is what I was doing watching the movie all the times I've seen it. And they're not thinking about how it's linked to God himself. Right. Like, it's not a not a consciousness there in any way. Right. Know. It's just got power. It's like a tool. Right. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones, of course, also is thinking about that because um, he's talking about you know, they can't, we can't let them get their hands on this and all that you yeah. know, kind of thing. But he's not really thinking about it any other way until, but he knows all the lore, as he mm-hmm. said at the beginning, and, you know, lightning shooting out of it. And I always remember the story from the Old Testament where they're moving it around and they've got the poles and don't touch it. And it's kind of, it's tilting at one point. 
And some poor guy is like, oh, I, I better straighten that out. It's going to fall over. And he touches it and drops dead. Hmm. I always felt like that was just terrible. But, you know, yeah, God right. had warned them. Mm-hmm. You can't mess with this. Yeah, this isn't right. for people. If I fall down, I'll take care of it, essentially. Yeah. And so that's the power that's involved. But he also is not thinking of it as anything except an artifact and, I guess, a source of power. And so it is until the very end of the book where you see – or book, sorry, <laughs> movie – where you see him suddenly going, holy crap, close your eyes. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. This is real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great because um, earlier in the movie when um, he is talking to those Americans that have come to him and, um, you know, said, what is this thing that Hitler's looking for? And, and he says, well, yeah, this and that. And then he he says, yeah, this is where the Ten Commandments are and all this other stuff. And then he said, if you believe in that sort of thing. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And here at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, I believe this sort of thing. I mean, that's how I took it. Is oh, just yeah. like, yeah, because he's like, I know this is real, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, the power of God reaches out and uh, takes him out. Says, you're not going to use this for that. And uh, takes out all the, all the people that are there and shuts itself back up. Yeah, because he yeah. says at the beginning, I don't believe in that hocus pocus. Yeah, yeah. So by the end, he does. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing about Indiana Jones... I mean, because let's face it, this is a super great adventure, and it's only because the storytellers care about the characters and keeping them true to themselves that they give them a little bit more than you get in a lot of other adventures. Yeah. So you have the Ark of the Covenant and anti-Semitic people who are just going to use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. And you get, you know, Indiana Jones going from not believing in Hocus Pocus to going, oh my gosh, they don't know what they have there. Mm-hmm. and uh, with the government. But where he really kind of has a character arc is in relation to Marion, his old girlfriend, who yes. they reconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's yeah. nice to see. He goes from being the person who abandoned her, for whatever reason, I can't remember if they even say, and breaking the you know her father's heart because he was his prized student and all this stuff, and partner, and to being somebody who cares more about Marion's welfare than about getting the Ark hmm. by the end. By the end, yep. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let her go, mm. or I'm going to blow up the Ark. Right. Mm. And Belloc knows enough to know that he won't do it, but I think he thinks he will do it until that moment. Mm. When he's you threatened. believe that uh, Indiana Jones believes that he will do it yeah. until that moment. Indiana yeah. Jones, I'm sorry. Yes, like, I was you're being... right. I, I, yeah, I've got to yeah. see what's inside that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are some funny moments on the way where he, he finds out Marion's alive and he's <laughs> like, yeah. I need to leave you here, though. <laughs> I can't <laughs> take you with me. He's like, what? <laughs> I got to go get the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, here you are. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> no, if I let you go, they're going to know something's wrong. Oh, I have man. to tie you up again. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. But yeah, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, and at the end, they, they walk off together, and that's that's great. Right. I was yeah. always sorry that they didn't continue that in yeah, the other Yeah, I wonder why they'd make those decisions. That's kind of a bummer. You know, maybe Every, she Everybody wasn't kind available. of ignores number two anyway, but anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. 
But she wasn't but, in three, yeah. I don't recall. Um, no, that was, um, gosh, that was the woman who was in RRR as the really awful governor's wife. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, I, I, did like, I did like number three. Yeah. The last crusade. Yeah. The third one, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's one that I hear. Has I hear that. To uh, um, Karen Allen is in the latest one that came out as we're recording this, mm-hmm. the latest Indiana Jones movie has come out, but, um, I haven't seen it to terrible reviews. Yeah. But. I'm not hearing great reviews, but no, yeah. I did read a view that said it was better than the one before that. And <laughs> that's enough for me to go see it. But I, I, I probably won't, with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't go see it, but I will see it, you know, when it comes on. Oh, a right. service yeah. or whatever. Allison yeah. Duty is no. the name of the actress who plays Elsa. Elsa yes. is in the third movie. Yeah, that's such an unfortunate name. Yeah. So, <laughs> Duty. <laughs> um, yeah. Now my child. Yeah, and one of the other. <laughs> sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, I keep interrupting you. No, so. sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but Stephen Gradanis, um, one of the things that he said that I thought was so fascinating on that. Um, was that we had the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders, and then we had the Holy Grail in the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Again, he skipped two. <laughs> in number two, I yeah. think they were after some Hindu artifact, if I recall. Yeah, I think so. And then um, in four, they were after a crystal skull, which had to do with aliens. It was like a new agey kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then okay. he said in number four, Five, um, there was no religion at all. Whatever it is thereafter had nothing to do with any spiritual anything. So some type well, of scientific device, I'm assuming. The yeah. Dial of Destiny is what the movie's called. Oh, it is. It's a time travel device. Hmm. <clears throat> I've read the story about it. Okay. I mean, I've read the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Cool. But it's interesting. Um, did you ever watch a show called Warehouse 13? No, but you've told me about it and I keep forgetting well, it. Well, it's not, it's, it's not a show that's great all the way through. Oh. And, and it, it's a show, it's one of those shows that has great potential that is never realized. The, Darn it. the idea is pretty great. There are some very good episodes. Um, but overall, it's not awesome but the the thing that i love about it is these artifacts you know um, each show kind of focused on an artifact that someone in the world had you know like could be like this dial of destiny you know and and somehow this warehouse 13 crew their job and it's this warehouse the reason it's called warehouse 13 is because 13 of them have existed throughout history to keep the artifacts safe (laughs) You know what I mean? These these okay. magical items that keep propping up. But mm-hmm. there's just something about these items, um, you know, like the Ark, like like the Holy Grail, um, and then lesser items like the Style of Destiny, whatever it might be, or something that Edgar Allan Poe used or something like that. That It's just a fascination for me. Um, I, I really mm-hmm. like that stuff um, in movies. Well, I think a lot of people do, even not in movies, because haven't there been different documentaries about where is Noah's Ark? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, 
it was gone. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was made out of wood, and it <laughs> yes. would be gone now. Yeah, <laughs> it was water soaked for a very long time, <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, but yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't really think I care about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, and I understand. But I understand yeah. people who are interested. Why not? Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Like the pyramids in that way. Pyramids. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And then these. Uh, I don't know, like the Tom Hanks, um, what, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. I don't remember what the third one's called. Um, you know, Da Vinci Code has very specific Catholic problems. Um, Angels and Demons, I would say less so. Angels and Demons was, uh, I thought, a pretty darn good movie. Um, but I do like the chase, and I do like the puzzles, and I do like all that kind of stuff. Wasn't there a series with Nicolas Cage in a museum? Oh, yeah, the National Treasure. That's that, yeah. Yep. I, I'm the only person in America who probably can't remember it because I saw the first <laughs> one and went, eh. Oh, I loved okay. it. I've seen the first I, one at least three times. I just love I think, it. Yeah, everybody loves it. But I just kind of went, eh, I don't care uh, that much. Yeah. These are just fun. Yeah, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of puzzle seeking. And that's a lot of what the Indiana Jones stuff is, too. Like you said, the set pieces, the escaping adventure, the ad- danger. Mm-hmm. And often it has adventure and then solving the puzzles as you go, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's all. Yeah. Kind of set the trend for, you know, that new series of movies that they had yeah. afterwards. So. And I think it's cool. And of course, I didn't know it as a kid. But um, this is what movies were about when they could first start making movies, you know. This is, you know, these little serials and stuff, you know, came, came about right. quickly. You know, it was just like, right. yeah, this is, this, is, this is what we want to make. This is what we want to see, you know. Yeah, Tarzan yeah. and all that. Because right. there have been books about a lot of stuff like this. Yeah. Like I said, King Solomon's Mines, Tarzan, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. Yeah. That's... You know, right? And there's I mean, nothing... Dracula is kind of that thing. It's just got yeah. Dracula instead. Right. Yeah, and a good heist movie is. I love them. I love them. If if there's a movie yeah. with a heist in it, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and then some <laughs> of them do, are good. Yep. I do enjoy heist movies, but not any of the Ocean's movies because mm. that's how contrary I am. But <laughs> I do love a good heist movie. That's cool. That's good. Um, yeah. Like that one with the inside man, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is there's two things. One is you were talking about Stephen Gray Danis. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he pointed out earlier when I said, you know, yes, maybe these movies were a reaction to the really serious dark movies of the 70s. He mentioned The Godfather, mm. which was so popular. Yeah. Which you had us watch and talk about one time. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's about damnation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. Yeah. And he said, then Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark are about redemption. Mm. And interestingly, Harrison Ford plays the same sort of character in both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It he takes sure him longer does, yeah. to find redemption in Star Wars. But, I mean, right. you know, even in Star Wars, he's he's come in on the good side. Yeah. All yeah. that kind of thing. Right. I, I had read... Um, that he really, really, really didn't want this to come off as Han Solo in a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he succeeded, but um, there's, oh, I think so. there's copies I of the script he where he, he actually, when he signed his contract, um, one of the things that he asked, because he had to sign for three movies, so he had a little bit of sway. He's like, 
you know, you need a guy that's going to do three movies. But he, he said, I, w- I want to be able to edit dialogue. And they oh. gave him that power. And if you see his script, it's got edits in it. And he, he was editing it for Han Solo-ish stuff. He's like, oh. I don't want to say that because it sounds like Han Solo. I want to say it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting of him, you know, to, to have yeah. that thought. That is good. And also because he does come off differently. Mm-hmm. He's not smart, cocky scoundrel. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he's going for adventure because that's what he has to do to get the artifacts that he loves. Mm-hmm. And so the humor in the movies are often things like double takes. So like when he's teaching the class and the girl closes her eyes and she's written, <laughs> I love you on her eyelids. And he's, he's looking at her kind of doing a double take and trying to keep talking at the same time doing the class. Mm. A lot of times it's stuff like that, you know, yeah, or like yeah. when the guy with the whip or the, the sword comes out, the scimitar yep. and he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh. then it gets this look in his face and just pulls out his gun and shoots him. You know, Have you heard the story on that one. Yes. Okay. That's Go a, ahead with that's it. That's a famous one, but yeah. So they they were they filmed in Tunisia, and it was like 120 degrees, and the food had made everybody sick. Um, I mean, Spielberg says that it was like one of the worst times he's had on a shoot, just because of all the things that they had to overcome. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Han, uh, Hansel. I was going to say Hansel. <laughs> I apologize, uh. Mr. Ford. Um, <laughs> so Indiana Jones is i mean uh harrison ford is ill he's sick that day and um this poor guy who with the sword play has been practicing for months for this incredible scene that they had storyboarded out and it was gonna be awesome (laughs) i mean it was just incredible um but harrison ford was just not up to it he couldn't do it yeah so they came up with the idea. They said, just have him shoot the guy. Why, why, we have a gun. So they yeah. did that. And it's so perfect for his character. It's just like a perfect moment. But yeah. uh, the poor swordplay guy, is uh, he just got shot. <laughs> that must have been but a hard all, day for him. <laughs> we all remember how good he looked at the, at the, at the poor guy. <laughs> that part I didn't know. I feel terrible uh, for him right Yeah, now. they said that he had he had choreographed and... Learning all this sword stuff, he was he was ready to go, and they oh, just wow. shot him. Yeah, yeah, it sure did help so, the uh, you know the him stay on budget if he did get under budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Quick, yeah, we're not going to do any of that stuff. We just got ready for. Let's get out of Tunisia. Move on right now. Yeah. Well, so I was surprised um, to find out once I started looking at this as featuring something that is a Jewish, um, you know, Hmm. well, also Christian, but I mean, the Ark of the Covenant. It's number 59 on 100 greatest Jewish films list. Really? Yeah. I didn't know such a list existed. I don't know exactly who Hmm. compiled it, but Mm -hmm. E.T. was like number one. So I'm like, really? (laughs) uh, (laughs) Not getting that as much. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, anyway, I, I think it was supposed to be, like, connected to the little persecuted immigrant kind of thing. And oh, I'm like, I, yeah. no, I don't, that's yeah. not working for me either. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, a couple of the things I liked, though, was, first of all, as you pointed out, Indiana Jones doesn't win stuff. Mm. He tries and tries and tries, and he has his victories on the way. 
he solves the puzzles, he does the things, because if he never won, we wouldn't care. It's when he has these ultimate things snatched away, so he has to keep going and trying something new. And that's, of course, what keeps the adventure going and keeps us interested. But he doesn't save the Ark of the Covenant. God does it. Yeah. God is the mover in this. Mm-hmm. Which is and great. That's, yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's when I realized that it was when I went, Oh my gosh, because they're being true mm-hmm. to what the Ark of the Covenant is in the Old Testament and what it means. And then, and of course, this is why it would wind up on a Jewish movies list. But also then, at the end, when the Ark is <laughs> stuck in that warehouse, <laughs> and I was just laughed at that, thinking, oh, that's the government for you. Where better to hide something than a warehouse? But what I didn't think about is the Ark was hidden at the beginning, and it's hidden at the end. This is God's doing. Yeah. This is the well of souls. Is that mm-hmm. warehouse? It's like no one needs to have the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. That was that had its time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. It does show up in um, the fourth one. There's a big fight in that warehouse. Oh, really? Yeah, they never take it out or anything, if I recall. Actually, it's been so long, I guess I don't remember if that's true. But I do know that they they were fighting in the warehouse where they hid the covenant, or they hid the ark. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it had some power still. Well, power of God, duh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, that's right. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that but that movie number four was just not too good. It, um, so I never saw it. Yeah, well, yeah, you can just keep these. How did you like three? Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I loved I did it too. I did too. Um, yeah, I know Stephen Gray Danis was saying he didn't think that they pulled it off as well as with the Ark of the Covenant. He didn't like what they did with. Yeah, the chalice. That's right. It was like they didn't know what the payoff would be, or the. But I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. Good. It was showing Mm -hmm. the character of the people, Mm. and that's what uh, when you come up against God, that's what happens. You have to examine yourself and see where do I stand compared to God. Yeah. How can I align my will with His? All Mm -hmm. these things, and that's essentially what winds up happening at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it for a while, so I could be wrong. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. So thanks for watching this movie again. Oh, it was my <laughs> pleasure. I know that you've seen it. Um, but yeah, yes. I was just looking at, you know, so I have a list in front of me of the highest grossing movies by year. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I like looking at lists. But in 1979, it was Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> And then after that, you have The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the oh. Lost Ark, E.T., Return of the Jedi, oh. and then Back to the Future is in there. So, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, which we probably yeah. can't do on this show. Well, there's, there's so little. I mean, we, we really pulled it out with this one, I we think. We really Fine. did. We really did. But I've been, uh, for the last couple of years anyway, uh, just the, the summer movie and wherever I fall in my picks... Um, I've been picking uh, a summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to keep doing that. So we'll, f- well look, you know, I, like I bet it. you the, the, the nation can't wait for <laughs> the next selection. I can't wait, but 
I, uh, and so unless you've got something else to say about this movie, I was going to mention, please go ahead. I was in a way following your trend with my next two choices. Nice. Uh huh. I was thinking summer Mm -hmm. now blockbuster would, I guess be big, but I was thinking summer reading Uh uh beach book. Yes. Fun, light, also adventure. Cool. So Scaramouche by Raphael Sabatini. Nice. And uh, just because it is, I think it's probably his book that has uh, some of the deepest content to talk about. This guy wrote, and I'll talk about it next time, so many swashbucklers. Oh, he was so good at it. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next movie will be Amelie. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to France. We're going to go to Paris for vacation. Paris, France. Love it. Yeah. That is good. I'm going to, yeah, I haven't seen that movie. So I'm looking at the poster right now. Yeah. And, so uh, the beach book and the French vacation. That's right. what we're doing. Fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Good fun. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, right. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It I'm glad you picked fun. it. I'm, I'm yeah. sure, uh, hope everybody enjoys this movie. So I, I'm going to go watch number three again. Maybe I'll watch number two, too. A Glutton for Punishment. Well, it wasn't horrible, was it? I don't think so. It just wasn't fantastic. Right. So, so maybe yeah. it's fine. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a rip. Why not? <laughs> Do right. it. Do okay. it. Okay. Well, all best, everybody. <laughs> yes, we'll talk again in a couple weeks. Hey, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.